1: And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: These aren't the stories your mother told you. No. These are the other stories. <laughs> <laughs> If you're a person alive today, then you're likely to be someone who uses YouTube.com. Well, if that's you, that means you might be interested to know that we are now premiering every episode of The Other Stories at 9pm Greenwich Mean Time every Sunday night on our YouTube channel. So head over to YouTube and search Hawk and Cleaver and hit the subscribe button today. Even if you don't listen via YouTube, still go and hit the subscribe button because uh, why not? Today's episode is... The Dog Fisherman, written by Edward Ahern and narrated
1: by Justin Fife. The thigh deep tide rip pushed his right leg into his left, teetering him. He braced himself with each step, waddling out badly legged further and deeper. Danny pushed into the ebbing tide to stretch his time at the end of the shoal. He knew without looking at the shore lights where he was by the bottom sand, then gravel and stones, then mussel beds, then round rocks covered in weed. Sometimes it helped to try and count the sluggish paces, but he always lost track, diverted by a fish splash or another fisherman, or his own inward twisting thoughts. The shoal grabbed towards the Penfield lighthouse, but had never reached it, knuckling southward into boulders and deeper water where fish sometimes lay. Danny had about four hours to fish before the slack low water. He fished the ebb and not the incoming. Several fishermen had stayed out too long on an incoming tide, been washed off the slimy rocks and drowned. His favorite hours were between midnight and 4 a.m. The dark still when striped bass were active. There was rarely anyone else at the tip of the reef except from time to time for Ralph. Danny worried that he and Ralph were too much alike, given that Ralph was at least eccentric, if not a little crazy. Ralph was there that night, and that night, he showed Danny something. Something, 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 something. Ralph! Danny! The moon's crescent was emptying out, but there was enough light to see Ralph's face. Concave cheeks sloped into wrinkled lips and missing teeth. Danny thought again that if Ralph wasn't a meth addict, he should have been. Any luck? A politely meaningless question. Ralph's rod was bent in an arc, indicating a fish of perhaps four or five pounds. Danny stopped two yards shallower than Ralph, not wanting to interfere with his playing of the fish. The striper splattered water as Ralph reeled it in. Then, uncharacteristically, Ralph gave the fish slack and it was off. "'Not like you to lose a fish, Ralph!' How long have we been seeing each other on the reef, Danny? Maybe five, six years now and then? You like fish like I do. Live like I do, too. Ex-wife, Kids gone. Still no job? Not yet. Surviving on workman's comp. Why the hell else would I be out here at one in the morning trying to catch dinner? Yeah, I don't know about you, but... At this time of night, when I can't sleep, it's better for me to be up to my ass in water, with nothing to abuse. <laughs> something like that. Not many people are stupid enough to be out here with us. Ralph paused. I think I need to show you something, Danny, but you have to keep your mouth shut. Uh, about what? Easier if I show you. Stick, stick with me. The instruction wasn't necessary. Ralph had a peculiar way of fishing, but he was usually into the stripers or blues, and Danny shadowed him. Ralph studied the mottled surface of the water for a minute, then shifted 20 yards to his left and cast. He hooked up immediately with another small striper and reeled it in. With smooth unconscious motions, he tucked his rod under his arm, grabbed the fish's mouth with his left hand, and twisted out the lure with his right. Dropping the lure onto the surf, Ralph fisted a knife slung on a lanyard around his neck, slashed the little striper's gills, and tossed it back out. The fish didn't live long enough to bleed to death. Three and four foot blue-black ribbons surged at the fish, and tore it apart. Jesus, Ralph, what the hell was that? Dogfish. Spiny dogfish. Did you know they were there? They're out here a lot of nights when I'm alone. I was surprised they hung around when you arrived. When somebody else shows up, they disappear. And they stayed. I figured they wanted me to show you. Holy shit, and you feed them? Yeah. I keep a big fish to eat, but toss out maybe a dozen small fish during the one tide swing. Danny had caught dogfish when he had fished with bait at night, and had worried every time when he had to reel one in. Over three feet long, snake skinny, with mildly poisonous spines, shark teeth, and black shiny eyes. Sometimes other sharks in the school would follow their pack made in, waiting. Even with pliers, Danny had never tried to take out the hook and had just cut the leader. How many stripers tonight, Ralph? One for me, maybe six or seven for my friends. They never bother you or the fish on the stringer? Never. If I watch close, I can see them in the water. There's one old shark that's easier to spot. He swirls so I can see him, then sets up at an angle like, hand on a clock face if I wade towards where he's pointing I'm almost always into a fish he gets what I don't keep that's crazy come stand next to me look where I'm pointing really look look through the surface into the water it's dark blue on black but when he moves you'll get a glimpse of his belly there see it God damn, that's a shark? See where he's pointing. Pointing, 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 pointing. They both brought fish ashore that night. Danny came back to the reef two or three nights that week, but only saw Ralph once. And the fishing while Ralph was there was good. Danny had tried to get Ralph to tell him in advance when he was coming to the reef, but Ralph claimed not to know until just before he left his little apartment. I just get an urge, a a feeling, and I come out to the reef. Once when fishing had slowed, Danny moved closer to Ralph. I don't care, but why do you feed the sharks? They just scare away the other fish. No it's the opposite. The sharks are here because the other fish are. Ralph cast and slowly retrieved his swimming lure. What do you know about dogfish? Nothing other than I don't like catching them. They'd probably be in the top five most successful species. Men, rats, cockroaches, then maybe dogfish. There are more dogfish than any other shark, despite that they're heavily fished. Their fins get shipped off to the Asians and the rest is processed into pet food and fertilizer. They give birth to live babies like we do and their pregnancy is way longer than an elephant's, longer than any other animal with a backbone. They hang out together. A small pack is a hundred sharks. A big one is maybe a thousand. Some live to be fifty survivors. I... I rely on them. They tell me where to go, where where to fish, and I pay them back. Danny and Ralph sporadically talked as they fished, mostly about the obvious. Divorce, lack of money, health problems. But not about everything. Everything. Like many men, they hinted at their shortcomings by absence of information, and over time, in weaving together what had been left unsaid, they sensed the shape of each other's demons, the ones neither wanted to be ashore with after midnight. They fished together perhaps once a week. Ralph got skinnier and weaker that summer, and Danny, in an unobtrusive way, began helping him on and off the reef, started towing Ralph's fish behind him along with his own. And then Ralph stopped coming. After a week, Danny checked with the landlord who opened up the flat. Nothing. A half a dozen changes of clothes, paperwork from Medicare and Social Security, and a few family pictures. Old textbooks on chemistry and a framed diploma. In another life, Ralph had been a chemist. Nothing else. Danny called the cops, who grudgingly filled out a missing persons report. Danny fished for another two weeks with poor results. "'occasionally with other fishermen "'who knew nothing about Ralph. "'One night, fishing alone at the knuckle of the shoal, "'he saw the swirl of a big fish "'in the shallow water in front of him, "'close in, maybe ten yards away. "'The fish didn't move, neither did Danny. "'The fish seemed motionless, "'but in a blink of an eye "'had closed the distance between them to inches. "'It lay, all of five feet long, "'at the height of Danny's hips.' snout to crotch, but Danny didn't back up. Instead, he reached out, avoiding the spines and the dorsal fins and stroked the fish's flanks, felt its skin rasp his palm. Then, without volition, he put his hand against its snout. The dogfish opened its jaws and gently closed them on the meaty ball of Danny's palm. Danny felt its teeth snick through skin The shark, jaws still closed, slowly waved Danny's hand back and forth in the water, churning blood into it. Around them were swirls and splashes as other sharks, many other sharks, swam through the blood cloud. It's their picture of me, Danny thought. Their recognition. After three minutes, the splashing subsided and Danny's hand was released. The big dogfish, again, without seeming to move, had backed off twenty feet, and turned to face away from him. Danny stood in the water, motionless, numbed by what had happened. The big dogfish swirled again, almost impatiently, and steadied back down, pointing in the same direction as before. Danny realized that it was pointing towards fish, towards where he should cast. As best he could, he mimicked Ralph's actions in moving to the fish point. On his third cast, he was into a 20-pound striker. Danny fished through the tide, ignoring the blood that seeped into the cork handle of his fishing rod. The next night, despite feeling none of the urge that Ralph had described, he was back on the reef. He caught nothing and saw no sharks. Three nights later, though, he awoke, feeling the pressure of salt water on his legs, almost hearing the broken stone growl of the surf. He reached the end of the shoal at 2 a.m. at dead low water a notoriously bad time to fish. But the sharks were there. In the shallow, calm water, they flowed like long, black hair. His big dogfish was also there, swirling and pointing out to his left. Danny lost track of the stripers as he slashed and threw out into the water, perhaps 25, maybe 30, around 100 pounds of fish. Images came to him, a royal executioner, a Holocaust prison guard, a priest giving out communion, blood and body all in one. He left satisfied without a fish of his own. After August had cooled into September, Danny got a call from the Bridgeport police to come to the station and see a Lieutenant Hopkins about Ralph. Have you heard from Ralph Loomis? Nothing. Something happened? Was he into somebody for money? A bad drug deal? He never said anything like that. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. You filed the missing persons. He must have been a friend. Yeah, as much as he had one. The first time I saw his place is when the landlord let me in to check on him. What's happened? We pulled a pair of pants off the breakwater in St. Mary's. His pants. He, uh, ever go skinny dipping? Uh, I don't think so. He wore his waders like pantyhose. I I never saw him in the water without them. Was he alright mentally? Crazy? No. Weird, for sure. He had cancer pretty bad. That's what the VA said. Painful kind. So... How come his pants wash up in the breakwater? Not torn, belt in its loops, wallet in the back pocket, money in the wallet. Like he undressed for bed. Jesus, did you find anything else? Any remains? Nothing. If you hear something, anything, give me a call. Sure. Danny had the urge again that night and waited out into the waiting pack fog was drifting in from mid sound and he would soon lose sight of his sharks the wind was down the chop was soft against his waders he could not quite see where he was fishing into as he cast and retrieved cast and retrieved he visualized ralph dying from cancer shucking his waders then his shirt pants and underwear he wondered if Ralph had taken his socks off before wading out into the pack, grasping the knife still lanyarded around his neck and beginning to cut himself. A communion sacrifice to his dogfish.
0: I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the other stories the dog fisherman was written by edward ahern narrated by justin fife edited by carl hughes and music by dark fantasy studio and tom robson and sound effects provided by freesound.org and zapsplat.com the episode illustration was provided by luke spooner of carry on house Ed Ahern resumed writing after forty odd years in foreign intelligence and international sales. He's had over two hundred and fifty stories and poems published so far, and six books. Ed works the other side of writing at Bewildering Stories, where he sits on the review board and manages a posse of six review editors. Follow him over on Twitter at, at @bottomstripper or Instagram at Edward Ahern eighteen sixty. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can help support the show over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. You can join our book club and movie club and chat about the podcast over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash hawk and cleaver. T-shirts and mugs and posters are available at gumroad.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. The Other Stories is a production of the Story Studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. Until next time.